You are listening to the Zen Courses Show, episode number three. Tres, toi, yeah, that's all I know. Welcome to the Zen Courses Show, the show for online course creators who care about building actionable, meaningful, and profitable online courses. If you're a solo entrepreneur, tech geek, or creative, the Zen Courses Show is the place to get expert advice for creating your online course, overcoming overwhelm, and growing a balanced business. To get the full experience, sign up at zencourses.co, where you'll get access to free lessons, resources, and more. Again, that's zencourses.co. Hey everyone, surprise, it's Janelle again. So I am super excited to share this interview coming up with Darlene Hildebrand from Digital Photo Mentor. But before we get into that, I just want full full disclosure to let you know that if you have super sensitive sonic ears, that doesn't even make sense, but if you have super sensitive ears, there are some minor, minor audio glitches in this podcast episode. I do apologize for that. Just wanted to give you a heads up so that... Uh, I could beg your forgiveness. Okay, let's get into it. Today I'm interviewing Darlene Hildebrandt, founder of Digital Photo Mentor. Darlene, welcome to Zen Courses. Hi, Janelle. Thanks for having me. So tell us a bit about yourself, who you are, and what do you do? Uh, my background is in photography, and I've been a professional photographer for over 25 years. And in the last four years, I shifted my focus to teaching, um, starting with in classroom classes. And now I do most of my teaching online. I have courses online, um, articles every week on my site, and even um, photography tours. So my focus is educating um, amateur photographers who just really want to enjoy the craft and help them take better pictures. Yeah, definitely. So we met almost two years ago in Fizzle. And I'm really excited about this interview because I know when we first met, I was kind of seeing your journey into into the online courses. And since then, you've built Digital Photo Mentor. Like you said, you've been a photographer for over 25 years. And I know you have a couple of brands out there. Can you tell us about your journey from being a photographer to building Digital Photo Mentor? Sure. Um, I mean, part of my journey was was forced. Um, back in 2002, I, I divorced my other half, uh, literally, and um, he kept the studio and kept going with that, doing portraits and weddings and so on. And so I kind of reinvented myself a few times. I've, I've been um, an industry rep selling photo albums in the wedding industry. I've done fine art photography, selling my work at, at art shows and galleries. And um, I really enjoy the travel travel photography aspect and teaching and travel photography sort of went hand in hand. So it was a natural progression for me. And I found that I really enjoyed teaching. It's something that it's kind of like uh, when you see kids on Christmas day, open their gifts and you get the joy and excitement. I get to see that on people's faces when they take a photo that, you know, they couldn't have taken a week ago because they learned a new thing or, you know, they have an aha moment or something. And so I get to kind of share in that new excitement again. So it kind of makes photography 
photography new um, for me, even though I've been doing it so long, and it and it brings back the joy that I, um, in some ways, lost by doing it commercially. When you're running yeah. a business and you're doing something that you're passionate about, it becomes more about the business and less about that thing. So it's it's allowed me a way to sort of recapture some of my own passion as well. Very nice. So how did you make the jump from, and I'm just trying to visualize it. I know you were a freelance photographer and you said you did it commercially. How'd you make the jump from doing the tours and the workshops to deciding I'm going to make online courses and workshops or why as well? Um, partly because I, I really enjoy travel and I like to, um, I wanted to build a business that would allow me to go anywhere and be somewhat location independent. And so uh, doing the online courses allows me to do that, right? We spent yeah. 10 weeks in Nicaragua last year, um, just over the winter because we hate Canadian winter. It's really cold <laughs> up here and we wanted to get away and, and we spent some time down there, you know, learning Spanish and just immersing in the culture and working. So, I mean, we literally lived there for 10 weeks and it was great. And I couldn't do that if I didn't have a business that was sort of transportable and I can do it anywhere. Um, you know, I can, I can work on the beach. I can work from a coffee shop, which I often do just to get out of my own little, you know, office cubicle. Um, and so that was my vision sort of from about four years ago. Um, I was actually working part-time at a camera store when I think we, I was still there when you and I met and, um, I started teaching classes there. They just came in one day, my boss, came in and said, hey, would you like to teach a class? And I went, okay. (laughs) And that's literally how it started. So I I kind of fell into teaching. And then um, the progression from classroom teaching to online was just that desire to be able to have my business be mobile. I still do in-class classes. And I actually taught one this past weekend. And I really enjoy the live interaction. And it's a very different animal when you're doing an online class. Yeah, definitely. That was actually a question I had for you later, but since you brought it up, let's (laughs) jump into it. So tell me, because I know you, you do so many different methods or modalities of teaching. So tell me how online is different from your face-to-face experience and what, how you manage that difference. The number one thing is that you don't get that feedback from your students, right? When you're in a classroom and you say a couple things and you ask them, you know, did you get that? You can see on their face whether they're getting it or they're completely lost, right? And so you don't get that instant feedback from an audience who's watching you at home later. So you really kind of have to, or what I've done anyways, in my experience is draw from my classroom experience because I know the kinds of questions they're going to have. Uh, Because I've taught the same course that I built online, I've taught that same course in the classroom for three years. I know at which point people have struggles. I know the questions they've had. And we actually built an FAQ, an entire FAQ video lesson into our course based on those questions. Nice. Very nice. So, and this is great because there are a lot of people out there who maybe they teach something, they do workshops and they want to figure out how can I get my time back? How can I put this online, get my time back? Um, Talk about the challenges you had in converting your material from a face-to-face method to online. 
Um, that is challenging. The first course that I did, um, which you actually helped me sort of do an overhaul of, um, I still haven't redone it, <laughs> but we actually progressed and did a second one. But a lot of what you and I talked about, I incorporated into the new one. Um, and so how I, I took the classes was I used the same sort of material and things that I would have demonstrated in like a PowerPoint show in the classroom, uh, did something similar in my first class. And I literally did a webinar with about 15 live students and recorded it and that became my class so that was my the sort of my my lowest entry point into mm-hmm. making the course it was the easiest for me to do to get started and we started selling it and surprisingly enough we still sell them yeah. um, we're actually doing a, a summer sale right now and and the first three sales was that course so and people are still sending us feedback that they like it so yeah. even though it's not you know, something that I am super proud of uh, and I want to redo it, people still find value in it. Yeah. So then on our second course, um, I merged with another fellow and we actually put two of our courses together into one. So it's two instructors. Um, I teach a course on available light and he teaches one using flash and we each taught a portion which is our own strengths. And we drew from our outlines that are our classroom classes and taking into account that, you know, we needed to expand on things and demonstrate. Um, For this one, we did hire a video crew and invested a fair bit of money producing this course. Uh, But partly I knew that it was going to do well because it was a topic that my online readership, which I'd been developing for three years already, was always asking for. So it was something that was a common request. So I'm going to stop you right there because for anyone listening, you just mentioned three key things. So the first, (laughs) I mean, they are great, not just for online courses, but for online business in general, of just starting somewhere. You know, what we hear, a minimal viable product getting something out there, which was your first course, which is four weeks to better photography. And it doesn't have to be perfect. As long as the content is there and it's valuable and it's helping people, then that is a great first step. And then the second thing you mentioned was then you learned what, you know, from some of the challenges and what worked and you were able to put in more investment for your second course. And the third thing that I love that you said is you knew what your audience wanted which is so key. And we put a lot of effort into building something. So thank you for sharing those three tips. I just had to stop you there because I was like, wow, she just said a lot. Okay. Actually, if I could touch on the minimum viable product thing, because um, I tend to just jump into things and figure it out as I go. So I'm, I'm a master of doing that. And um, things that I have no clue how to do, like, for example, my first ever interview, I decided I'm going to interview photographers. And so my first ever interview was um, a guy by the name of Trey Radcliffe, who happens to have like 6 million followers or whatever it is on on Google+. And he's got a massive audience and following. And he's, he's a fairly, you know, important guy and a major guy and people know who he is. And so rather than start with somebody small, I just went right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I had never done an interview before. Didn't know what to ask, was nervous as all get out, didn't know the (laughs) platforms to use. You know, we did it as a Google Hangout and it was fine, you know, but I just sort of figured it out as I went. So I asked him and he said yes. And then I was like, oh, crap, I got to do this thing now. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. definitely. um, I, I highly recommend that for anybody that has this fear of I need to make it perfect. Um, cause I don't know, you've probably heard this before too. People that have been in business for a while and have these amazing products, they will all tell you the same thing. Their first one sucks. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But it's the power of starting, mm-hmm. just starting Yeah, <laughs> the power totally. of starting, do and, something, <laughs> yes, do something and learn from it, iterate, yeah. 
and then build on it. Exactly. Perfect. Okay. So let's dive in because we've already touched on it a little bit. Let's dive into your two courses. So we've got four weeks to better photography mm-hmm. and then portrait fundamentals. So tell us about the first one, four weeks to better photographer. Um, who is it for? What is it about? Um, the first course that I made that we've talked about is the four weeks to better photography. And the reason it was called that is because of, I recorded it on four week lessons with the live audience. Um, so we may be redoing that and rebranding it as something, you know, that, but it's aimed at beginner photographers who maybe just got their camera, have a basic understanding of some camera settings, but really just want to take better pictures. Um, not so much focused on the technical things, right? Yeah. So there's lots of things out there that focus on teaching you how to use, you know, all the buttons on your camera and all those things. And you can find that stuff on YouTube. I focused a lot more sort of on the aesthetic things and what are the aesthetic elements of actually making a picture that looks better, yeah. right? With some technical elements built in because they come into play as well. So that's who that course is for. Um, and did you want me to go into my second one as well? Well, let's talk about, let's dig in a little deeper. So okay. you structured it uh, in a, a weekly format, four weeks to better photography. And earlier you said you used webinars. How did you structure the lessons, you know, each week? What's, how does it break down? So what I did was um, we I used GoToWebinar or GoToMeeting, whatever that platform is. Um, I, I structured it so that it was a, an hour-long lesson where it would be similar to what I would teach in a the classroom. There would be some, you know, PowerPoint slides, and I had images on the screen. Um, what I would do differently if I do it again is I would make sure that my face is visible because I'm not. It's just my screen, and people, the feedback we get is they want to see my face. So I would do more of a screen capture of some kind to have my face as well, maybe in the bottom corner or something. Yeah. And um, each week I did the lesson, and then um, as we got to the second week, for example, they would have assignments to go practice over the week and we actually did image review so I had a place where they could upload their photos um, literally I just used flickr.com which is a free you know platform and we made a private group so they could upload their photos there so it didn't cost me anything to build that or maintain it and um, I just put them up on the screen and we went through image review after that so it was a two-hour lesson each week and the recorded version is now mostly the lesson part um, with a little bit of the image review, but not as much because obviously it's not the people who are taking the course's images anymore. That's a very streamlined course. So the two tools that I heard were GoToMeeting or GoToWebinar and Flickr. Yep. And that was it. That's all you needed to run your course. Yep. And then we needed somewhere to host the videos. Um, you could put them on YouTube, but we chose to put them on a private um, site. Oh, yeah. we also use LearnDash, which is our course um, structure in our website. And WooCommerce, so if you're talking tools, and so LearnDash stores are, we have a lesson page for each lesson, and the video is embedded there, so it's not downloadable, um, it secures it on our site, so okay. people, can't, people can't share it, and it's hosted on Vimeo. Perfect. Okay, so let's dive into your second course. Okay. So the second course um, we started creating last spring, um, so spring of 2014, and it literally took us about six months to build this thing. Uh, We recorded videos, I think, three times. Um, I invested about $26,000 to make this thing. We just literally... rebranded this one um we thought we had called it portrait lighting on location previously and now it's called portrait fundamentals Mm -hmm. and who it's aimed at is people who want to learn um lighting for portraits but also things like uh portrait tips 
uh, posing tips, working with models, um, using reflectors. So anything, any aspect of portraits. And so we built this thing from, like I said, to course content of, of two real life classes, put them together. So we sat down and we did outlines together. We figured out who was teaching which lesson. We did an outline to make sure we weren't overlapping too much. Um, and if it did, it was more of a review and, um, we didn't script it. Uh, we talked to our video guys and he felt that it was better to have it be a little bit more freeform. So we scripted it as far as knowing sort of bullet points, what we were going to cover. And then we broke each lesson down into 15 minute lessons maximum so that we weren't giving people too big of a chunk at one time. Right. Um, so it's total of 25 lessons, um, in videos. The, the last ones are longer, like the FAQs and so on, but each lesson that had it literally, we teach one thing. And then at the end they have one exercise and they have a PDF of notes that goes with that exercise. So it was quite intensive it took us like i said literally six months to build this thing i worked every day (laughs) for about 16 hours a day to build it and we started in april and we launched it in october i was going to ask you how long it took because it sounds like it was it was quite the effort but i I think it's going to be worth it now is this your first time offering this one uh no we've had it online since october 2014 and um literally just this week we've rebranded it with a new name Um, so this is now the tweaking process, right? We're, we're watching things like, um, conversions on our sales page. So the number of people that, that hit the page versus how many buy it. And we weren't getting a very good percentage. So we completely redesigned the sales page, um, learning about copywriting and page design is a whole uh, different thing and brought in designers and copywriters. And, um, we're hoping to increase our percentage so that now the number of people that buy it is higher. Okay. So, I guess one of the first questions I have is what was the feedback that you had for the first time you offered the course and how did you uh, incorporate some of that feedback to make this second iteration better? Okay. Um, we didn't actually change the course. We just changed the sales page. So all we've done is rebranded it okay. um, with a new name. So right. it was it was called Portrait Lighting on Location. And now we've rebranded it as Portrait Fundamentals because some of the feedback that we got was that um, people that were looking for something more advanced thought it would be more intermediate to advanced and it's more beginner to intermediate. Yeah. So we've gotten um, a lot clearer on who it's for and what problems it solves for the people who are looking for those things. Right. So we're hoping, <laughs> anyways, it's, <laughs> it's only been live a few days now, but we're hoping that being clear in our message will help the people that actually want that find it and um, be willing to put down their money and take the course. Well, it's so important because you go through all of the work. Like you said, it took you six months to create this course, and that was with a partner. You Mm -hmm. go through all of the work creating something, and then people often don't talk about or forget, okay, now I have to figure out how to market it, and I have to write landing pages. And it it can seem overwhelming. What are... Do you have any tips to share or any advice for someone who is now at the marketing stage of their course and and what might be some things that they can do to have more success? Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm constantly learning all the time about um, copywriting. It's not my forte. It's not my strong point. Um, I've, you know, been I'm in a mastermind group. Um, if people aren't familiar with that, it's a, a group of people that 
literally um, are doing the same kinds of things. So we're all involved in online business in some way, shape, or form. We meet every two weeks. You can structure that however you want. And yeah. we're really there to brainstorm, bounce ideas off each other. And um, it so happens that I have a designer in my group. So he's really helpful in terms of picking up things on my page that, you know, our design aspects aren't working so great. And we've made a lot of changes based on his feedback. Um, one of the other fellows in my group sent me a worksheet on helping to do sales copy. So that was really helpful. And then um, I worked with a copywriter. So mm-hmm. I think it's also important to know when you need to bring in a professional. Yeah. We, we also worked with a professional designer to do some of our graphics and things for the course and designing the note, um, the handouts. Okay. So I think having materials that look professional, um, the first time I just did my own and it was literally, you know, the slot, the PowerPoint slides kind of thing. The first course cost us almost nothing to build. And Mm. this one cost us a lot more because we had hired the people that, you know, the designers and the video guys, and we um, paid to have a promo video done and a voiceover and a copywriter. So we got the people involved that I knew that weren't my strengths um, and hired people that I, I felt were right for the job. It's also important not to yeah. hire the cheapest person either. Yeah. And you know, it's a lot of entrepreneurs have a block when it comes to hiring someone, right? We kind of think that we should do everything ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm hearing is you got to the point where you realize the advantage or the benefit of hiring someone and allowing you to focus on what you know best, which is yep. the content for the, for the photography course. Totally. Yeah, definitely. I'm a big advocate of that. Um, you know, if you're in the place, I want to be respectful of everybody's, you know, constraints, but if you're in the place where you can hire, I definitely think it's better. Absolutely. And then, and then there's budget, um, you know, options as well. Like if you're looking for a designer, but you can't afford, you know, a full blown designer, like my designer, I don't always think he charges me $75 an hour. I don't even know. He just sends me a bill and I pay it. Um, but you, there's things like, um, Fiverr or you can go to 99 designs and, you know, get some really nice designs on there for like 200 bucks. Um, you know, get a new logo or, um, a marketing piece for your, your course. So there's ways to do it on a budget as well. Um, or depending on what your forte is, like mine is, is photography and Photoshop. I've actually, um, done swaps too. Like my, my, um, I had a video intro done by, um, another fizzler and, and we exchanged some services. I've done Photoshop work for people, you know, on their headshots or their logo in exchange for something that they're, they were good at. So, um, fizzle has been really instrumental in that as well into kind of making those relationships and being able to collaborate. Yeah. Um, with people so that I didn't have to spend a lot of money early on. And there's, I mean, the point is there's always creative ways to get what you need, totally. you know, and, and for those of, we've mentioned Fizzle a few times. So for those who don't know, Fizzle is a community for entrepreneurs. Check it out. Fizzle.co.co. Um, let's take a step back and talk about the tools that you used for portrait fundamentals. I know this one, you did professional video and things of that nature. Can you talk about all the bits and pieces that make it work? Sure. So in the back end, um, I mentioned we use WooCommerce. So that's our sort of delivery system and it tracks sales and, um, you know, goes over to PayPal and bills them. So we use PayPal for a billing. We use uh, WooCommerce for the um, course you know, purchase the shopping cart system. Uh, we use Learn Dash as the course delivery. So there's lesson pages. They go to each lesson and they see a video there. They can download the notes for that lesson. We even have quizzes, and that's something that's built into Learn Dash as well. So there's different 
course, um, delivery platforms. I'm sure you're familiar with several of them. Uh, we use Vimeo to store our videos. We actually were using Wistia, mm-hmm. which I really, really like. Um, but if you get into having more videos like we had and multiple yeah. people watching them, you get into heavy bandwidth fees. And we were starting to look at paying $300 a month just for our hosting of our videos versus Vimeo, which is, I think, 300 or 250 a year and it's unlimited bandwidth so we had some issues with the videos not playing in um, some countries installing but that seems to have worked itself out now um, and we're pretty happy with that service but it allows us to keep it private versus you know trying to put stuff on youtube Um, so it was relatively inexpensive um I can't think of any other other tools that we use. Um, we're looking at adding a forum so people can discuss things and get away from Flickr, but we haven't found one that works with WooCommerce and WordPress yet in that's that we like. Anyways. Okay, I was going to ask if there were any challenges you were having. So right, you're <laughs> <That's> u- <laughs> <laughs> so you're using Flickr for for this one as well. Yeah, it's working. Yeah. Okay. So before we move on, just really quickly, because I think I've, you use Flickr. I'm not a photographer. So when I first saw you use Flickr, I was like, I didn't even know that it was possible to use Flickr in that way. Can you talk about how you use Flickr for your yeah, course? Yeah, and, and if people aren't a member of that, it's, it's literally an online um, photo sharing site and people have groups, right? So just like you have a Facebook group, there's Flickr groups. You can make a private group and people have to uh, ask to get into the group. So when they buy the course, we give them a link to that private, um, like an invitation, and then they we just approve them. The problem, the challenge that we're having with it is that there's no way for me to verify that the person that's asking to get into the group actually purchased it. And we're getting sort of a lot of... Um, I don't want to say garbage, but just people posting photos that aren't really relevant to the course. So we're trying to move it off of there and get something more private where we can moderate and be a little more controlled, but we just haven't found the right, the right one yet. You could do it in a Facebook group as well. Um, if you're not on Flickr. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. So do you have any tips for any photographers out there who are inspired by your fantastic work and, and want to build an online course or workshop? Um, I was going to mention like the marketing pieces. I spent um, two to three years building my audience before I started making products. And it was actually at the encouragement of another uh, Fizzle member. So there's that Fizzle again, <laughs> that I should sell something because I yeah. had nothing for sale on my site. Everything I was doing was free. I had all free articles and interviews and everything else. Um, I started doing, um, you know, tutorials and putting them on YouTube, like using Lightroom and Photoshop and um, becoming popular. I was doing guest posts on, on another site, Digital Photography School, which I have some subsequently become the managing editor for so I get a lot of traffic from there so I built traffic and followers to my site and managed to build up um, I think before we launched well before we launched the course last year the portrait one we had about 16,000 on our email list wow. and, and right now we're sitting at just shy of 24,000 so I built a list to have an audience so I have somebody to market this thing to yes. And we've also done a lot of sort of joint sales with other people who have big audiences, um, and they've been an affiliate of our product and marketed it to their audience. Okay, so I would be remiss if I didn't dive into that a little bit more. Okay. I know people would kill me. <laughs> okay. For for those who are listening, Darlene is a hustler, as you can tell. She, <laughs> she is, really puts the work in. So how did you build your audience? What are some strategies? You said guest posting. What else did you do if you could give us like three or four? 
Um, I've been on a guest post on a couple of podcasts, one that I'm on fairly regularly, like once a month, and that's This Week in Photo. So um, I, I have funny stories about that because I was actually in Oregon in this tiny little town called Yahats, eating at a fish and chips place, <laughs> sitting outside under a tent and a picnic table, and I'm talking to my husband, and with my back facing this lady, and she comes over and she says, Darlene? And, and I go, yes. And she goes, I recognize your voice from the podcast. Like, wow. I kid you not, right? And so uh, just getting it out there in a different place. Um, so I've done guest posting on a few different sites, but mostly the the way that I've built my site is to build really consistent, good content. Um, I make sure that I give high value with every article that I write. I wasn't selling anything. I did have a few affiliate things that, you know, that I represented other people's products and I was starting to make a little bit of money that way. But not until we started putting our own products out did we really start to see some income come in. Um, and growing my audience, um, initially when I had few followers, like let's say under a 1,000, I was really highly engaged with them all. And I try to be as, as engaged as possible still by commenting and answering every comment on my site. Yeah. Um, Initially, even I would email some people who commented and answer their question by email. I would I ask questions in my email series. So when they sign up as an email subscriber, they get a five series um, of emails. They get a free ebook with some challenges to do. And I ask them questions, you know, like, how are you doing? Just reply and tell me what you're doing, right? And and they don't expect to get an answer, but I would reply to them. Right. And those kinds of things built me a really loyal following that then they went out into the world and shared my content. So they started putting me on forums um, and putting me on Facebook and sharing on other, other platforms so that um, it wasn't always me sharing it. I, they were putting the word out for me. Yeah. So for me, it was really high-value content. Um, the joke in our house is I can't write a short post because I sit down and try and write something under a 1,000 words. And I was like, okay, I just I need to get this out. I'm going to do a short article today. And then I, I Skype my husband who's in the basement, and I say, okay, I'm done. He goes, how many words? Does I go, 2,800. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love so, it. <laughs> so I start off with the intention of short and it just never happens that way because I like to pack in um, as much value. And, and if I'm writing away and I see something that goes, oh, that's maybe a little ambiguous. I should probably explain that. And then three more paragraphs go on that thing. So yeah. um, that's my strategy is guest posting, maybe some podcasts if you can find them in your in your niche. Um, and just super high value content. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. So do you have anything exciting coming up that you want to share? And if so, where can people find out more? Sure. Um, right now we actually have a summer sale going on. Uh, if you just head to our main website, um, digitalphotomentor.com. Um, and at the top of all of our pages right now, you'll see a little thing called the peanut butter bar, which is our, um, promotion of course it's not showing now <laughs> um our peanut butter bar um which is a little thing at the top that tells them about the sale and we have 50 percent off both courses and i've now have a new product which is lightroom presets so anybody that uses lightroom for their photo processing it's something that they can use in their workflow so that's what we got going on is our summer sale 
And we also have a few spots left on our Nicaragua tour, which goes out in November. And I'll give you a link to that as well. You can get to it just by going to digitalphotomentor.com slash Nicaragua. You have to know how to spell it. (laughs) (laughs) And so we take up to 12 people. We have a really, really great time. Um, Small group. I do, you know, daily lessons with people. We do image reviews. I'm tutoring them as we go. So it's kind of a workshop on location. And we just do some really fun stuff. Like we, um, we, go see baby sea turtles hatch and release them like i've had baby sea turtles in my hands and all around we go to a school and hand out school supplies um we're working on doing um school photos at two schools this time and two rural schools that don't get school photos and our group will be hopefully providing that for them so we we do some things in the country that you can't just go there and do if you just land there as a tourist yeah definitely that sounds amazing I'm so excited and I'm just really happy to share this with everyone. Okay, last question. What is your why? Why do you do this work? Why do I do this work? Um, my why, I mean, I live and eat and breathe photography and have since, you know, high school, I would say, maybe even before that. And so it's it's me being able to share something that I'm passionate about with other people who are passionate about it and get them to have, um, well, my motto right on top of my website is to get inspired, find some creativity and, and get some adventure going in their life. I, I meet a lot of people in my classes that um, feel like they're not creative. So I like to unleash that and and show them that they actually are and it's it's learnable. And let's have a little fun doing it. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us, darling. Oh, super glad to be here. Thanks to know. All right. You made it to the end. I am so glad that you did. I hope that you enjoyed that episode. I had a great time catching up with Darlene and finding out about her courses. If you want to find out more about what she has to offer, check her out at digitalphotomentor.com. Again, that's digitalphotomentor.com. And if you want to check out the show notes, you can go to zencourses.co, again, zencourses.co and click on podcast and you will see the show notes under episode three. And as always, if you have any questions or feedback for me, please don't hesitate to drop me a line. I would love to hear from you. My email is hello at zencourses.co. Again, that's hello at zencourses.co, not .com. All right, I will see you next time. And as always, thank you so, so much for listening.